What is up? And welcome to the High on the Hogs podcast. Hi on the Hogs. I was waiting on it. It's like it was there. There it is. Episode three. Brought to you once again by Lens Marketing and Design. Thanks once again to Brian Lynn. Thank you, Brian Lynn. For being the uh, sponsor of this week's podcast. And it's a big one. We got like a big one. two really good interviews. You really won't even have to hear us talk much other than to ask questions. Yeah, so if you don't like us, listen for the interview. Yeah, because we've got Brandon Marcello is going to join us in just a few minutes. And then after that, we've got Hog's latest tight end commit, Aaron Outley, who's Yay, also going to join looking us. Looking forward so, to that one. Yes, yeah, so for stick sure. with us today. We're really excited. This is going to be a, this is going to be a really good podcast this week. So we need oh, to. It's different than any other week, but me and you get together and make a podcast. No, though. it's always awesome. So awesome. That's what I thought. So awesome that we are, and we're going to need y'all's help with this, but yes, we are we now are. in a bracket for best up and coming podcast. I think it's how it's going to be labeled um, at the bracketeers on Twitter is who's going to put it out. And uh, we are a nine seed going into this. I don't know how we got a nine. We're facing off against some, I don't even know what the podcast, I don't even know what the 31 other ones, isn't it? Uh, 32 total. There's 32 total, but mm-hmm. our, our eight seed, nine, eight, nine matchup is. Be right, brother something. Yeah, blame your brother. Blame your brother. Yeah, it's some like pulp culture where they talk about Britney Spears. Three dudes talking about Britney Spears. I like Britney Spears, but I'm not talk about her with if, two other dudes. If we get beat out. I'm not blaming my brother. I'll tell you that. If we get beat out by three dudes We're talking about Britney Spears. The hog. I quit. I quit. Um, the podcast. I'm going to put him on two weeks notice and probably file for unemployment. So don't let that happen. Do me a favor. Go to Twitter. If you were on the Twitter machine. You got the little flappy bird. And follow at High on the Hogs podcast. And uh, and then when votes start coming out, you will know it and you'll get to vote. So uh, please. It will be shared. I promise you by every one of us here at Natural State. And so. hopefully a lot more people than yes. that. So wildfire. Yeah. So looking Steve's got a little bit more of a following than I do though. I do, but I need that following to transition over to the podcast page. So it please does. at high on the hogs podcast. It's just at high on the hogs. You don't have to add the podcast to the end. Nope. Um, and then if you want to follow me, it's at Steve underscore NSS. And you can follow Andy at Red Thunder 501. Yes. Yes. That is it. I got you. I don't have no underscore in NS. Well, NSS. We, we changed that not long ago. Just plain old Red Thunder 501. But I have. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> But I have uh, I've rebranded the, the the podcast Twitter page, so we need we need people to hop over there and follow us, um, help us out there, so we can get that number up. And that's also where you can find any and all Razorback news that you need is right there on that Twitter page as no well need as to go anywhere else. That's right, there or that's right. So, Newest recruits, yeah, we basically got, the day they recruit, if not up to the minute. That's right. And we had some We're ready to roll with pretty solid articles. If you take a look. Yeah. We had some big ones this week. So, uh, Landon Rogers recommits. That's a good one. So we talked about him a little bit. Six, four, two twenty-five ish. He's we, got that prototypical body for a quarterback. That's for sure. Yeah, except he's dual threat. He can move around. Yeah. That's the scary part. With a one hellaciously big arm. So yes, you can get a little bit of, hear about, a hopefully, uh, some more Rogers to Outley passes. Yes. It's coming soon. Yes. We're going to talk to Outley about that. that may continue, you know, on up there on the hill, hopefully, too. Yes. So, Let's hope. That'll be an exciting combo to watch. Big time kicker Cameron Little commits. I think he's the number two kicker in the country. 
Don't um, miss had some kicker commit problems this week. Yeah, I was going to get into that too. Um, <laughs> so let's just say the Oxford mayor is not happy with Lane Kiffin. I might be able to find something out about that, by <laughs> the way. Fantastic. If we could get her on just for five minutes and she says She's anything. She's going the hell out of it. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah, I know it. <laughs> it wouldn't be as good as I hope it would be. But oh, it'll be. I, I would bet it's going to be pretty <laughs> solid. You know, the bad thing is, is Oxford High School, the, the Chargers, they, they're a pretty solid football team yeah. right there. But I mean, you look at. Ole Miss is some of their athletes. I mean, I think they had three kids that played on their baseball team, not last year, year before last, uh, that were from Oxford High School. Oh, really? Yeah. Dillard uh, and then the uh, Kessinger kid. Yeah. And there was one other one all played on the same high school baseball oh, team. Oh, wow. So they were – that's – pretty big as wow. far as they go over there yeah it was definitely an interesting week in uh kicker commitments decommitments <laughs> um so if you missed it the oxford oxford's mayor's son was committed as a kicker to play at Ole Miss. Matt Luke. and yeah <laughs> he made that perfectly clear in his decommitment tweet and uh and uh yeah and so didn't have anything to say about lane kiffin no. and then there was the uh, the tweet that came out that said uh that old miss's class is garbage and the oxford Mayor liked that tweet. Quickly changed that like and hit the little button to not like it anymore. But it's already Somebody been screenshotted for the world to see. Somebody um, saw it. So yeah, uh, and the 2022 class got kicked off this week. So uh, defensive lineman JJ Hollingsworth becomes Arkansas's first commitment of the 2022 the class. Kid's got some wingspan on him. It is man. huge. Like, Arms for days. Yes, that dude is a monster. So um, and we're going to talk to uh, Aaron Outley some about his 2022 teammate as well as about Landon Rogers, but about his 2022 2022 teammate. Well, that's the plan at least. Yeah, so we're going to hopefully talk to him about uh, James Pointer as well. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that conversation. And, of course, Hog Basketball completes their first week of training camp this week. Um, good things out of that. Uh, if you get the chance, uh, go over and uh, follow Curtis Wilkinson. We can play with the same basketball, but we can't high-five during practice. Oh, my goodness gracious. Did you see that? I, I read a little bit about that when you posted it. That was crazy. Like I okay. was elbow deep in work tickets, though, and I saw that. I went, hmm. I just don't this understand. I'm just like the rest some of this stuff. Yeah, I don't understand some of the rules that they're coming up with. <laughs> like, you can you can Maybe rub up against each other. Those rules are written in crayon yeah. or erasable ink. Yeah. Well, and then you see, like, even with baseball starting this weekend, like, literally baseball players wearing masks while playing baseball. But the greatest <laughs> it part... It happen... The greatest part of the whole weekend of baseball, if you saw it... It's the first time it's happened. ...was the Chris Bryant thing. Oh, no, it was Anthony Rizzo. Oh, Rizzo, that's right. Rizzo, Rizzo. at first base. <laughs> Hey, you need some hands. He's handing out sanitizer at first base to everybody. <laughs> that was awesome. What was it? There was one of them that got like somebody run into Pablo Sandoval on first base, and oh, I think Lord, it bounced off his dude. backside or something. <laughs> I didn't really read into it too much. I kind of read the headline. I was like, I don't really want to see somebody pulling a Mark Sanchez here, so uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to keep rolling. But it's uh, happened. Yeah. So interesting. Face meet booty. Interesting. Open to uh, to live sports. It's back. Baseball started. I, I'm going to admit. I'm I, not going to lie. There's one thing I do like about baseball without fans. What's that? Is the crack of that bat. Yeah. Pow. So, I, great. just to – I haven't watched one game. I've watched some highlights. I've watched, watched a some different few things. of the – some of the Cardinal stuff, obviously. Yeah. And then uh, uh, – I think uh, who else was it? I, thought I did watch part of the Cubbies game. Yeah, you know, just part of it. It was kind of on, so I, mean, I haven't. It's watched. hard for me not to draw away when I have it, but I don't have cable at the house, so 
Man. I keep up with a lot of it as much as I can on my phone. I haven't watched. I've been I have been busy this weekend though, so that's my excuse. I thought, man, live sports, I'm gonna be all over it, but I've not negative quite started watching. I didn't even watch the UFC fights Saturday night. It was a pretty nasty knockout from what I saw that Herb stepped in and he didn't really call it when he should have again. Oh, I saw that and God, it was a hell of a oh, laugh. Oh, I did man. see he yeah. had that dude all in his forehead and he just went to sleep standing up. Bounces and then he, off the yeah. bat, and he like walks over to him and is like, Well, he was waiting on her, he's standing there, and he's yeah. like, Wow, well, wow. I mean, hits him a couple more times, and then he steps in, they're yelling at him, like, Stop the fight. But I mean, I mean, he did what he's supposed to, he just, did, but the dude started to sit back up, like the guy is not for long, he didn't. Well, no, because he's because the he dude's standing over out. top of him, looking at him, and waiting on Herb to stop it, and then dude kind of stands up, and dude's like, Nah, and just wow. starts pounding him, pounding him again. So, yeah, it was weird. I did see the highlights. Of <laughs> rough lick too yeah he took some shots he took a dirt nap left and he, went on down there he took some seriously nasty shots so yeah, it was a hard lick uh, that's for sure he even the forehead knocked him out but yeah I thought I'd be a little bit more excited about uh, speaking of sports back. Uh, Mike Tyson oh, yes. Roy Jones Jr. September 12th I'm paying all the monies to see that. My only problem. Where's it at? Can I sit in the audience? Is there going to be an audience? Why can't I do it? My only problem with that whole thing is, have you seen the undercard? Some of the undercard people. You want to go? You want to fight? Like that YouTube dude. The YouTube dude is. Logan Paul? Yes. I figured that. Fighting. uh, Is he fighting the slap box dude? No, he's fighting some celebrity, I thought. Or no, he's fighting an actual fight. I don't know. I'd look it up. There was a, you know, he's had a couple of celebrity kind of. YouTube celebrity boxing match at KS, KSI or some yeah. guy. He's, he's a British guy. Well, obviously from England. But uh, they fought a couple different times. I think his brother Jake Paul's gotten in there too. But uh, again, I mean, he's... He's pretty solid. He's not a joke, dude. I've yeah. watched him kind of get in there and go, and yeah. he's got it. Maybe I'll give it a chance. I don't oh, know. he's in good shape. I'm gonna watch dude. Tyson for sure. Oh, like I said, kid's in good shape. So I mean, he's he, the boxing thing might be right up his alley. But I, I mean, so. it's kind of cool. So I don't know. Dude's All got right. like 20 million followers on on YouTube. So yeah, we need. A not few like he needs any money. We need a few of those followers on YouTube. Send them our way, please. All right, when we get back, man, I'm excited. Brandon Marcello from 24/7 Sports yes. is going to join us, and we're going to talk. Some football. We're going to talk some Razorback football. We're going to talk some Chad Morris. Maybe a little bit of Chad Morris. Maybe a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about Chad Morris as much as Brandon wants to talk about Chad Morris. You think he's going to give us any insight on how much offense is installed? No. Nah, <laughs> uh, on a percentage number or what? Yeah, yeah. Percentage? Uh, 37.3%. That's, that's, what, that's the number I'm going with. Ain't no way. They ain't even had spring practice. No yeah, way. Yeah, but I mean, it's Gus, their best friends. Uh-huh. Buddy, buddy. We get back, man. We'll have Brandon Marcello. Woo pig. Woo pig. Welcome back, everybody, to the High on the Hogs podcast. Joining us this week is 24-7 Sports National College football writer Brandon Marcello. Brandon, how you doing today? I'm good. Good as can be. Yeah, good. Well, we appreciate you taking some time out on this Sunday afternoon and joining us uh, just to talk a little football. Yeah, man, let's uh, let's do it. Let's hope we have a college football season to 
talk even more about. Yes. Yeah. Well, we we had Art Browse on a couple of weeks ago, and he is adamant that there will be college football. So we're going to hopefully just piggyback off that and hope that continues. We're going to agree with Art. Yeah. <laughs> so first off, happy birthday to your son Jackson. I uh, hope that bar- birthday party went well, and uh, you weren't uh, killed by the bubble machine. <laughs> Yeah, it went well. We uh, I bought him a little Batmobile, motorized Batmobile to ride around the neighborhood. He's got a lot of puppy dog pals uh, toys as well. Oh yeah, we're a Paw Patrol. I've got a three year old, so we're a we're a Paw Patrol family. So we jumped right. Yeah. Past, we we jumped right past the puppy dog pals. <laughs> <laughs> so we did the big. Uh, what do we got? I don't, we've got some eight some four wheeler out there that he gets to drive right around in so we got a power oh, wheel, like okay. a razor or something yeah it's a power it's wheel the truck. i saw it when it came in yeah he loves that thing so but yeah man we appreciate you joining us uh, i was listening to a couple other things you did this week so uh just thought i'd throw the happy birthday there um but uh you kind of touched on it before we got going but uh what do you think the percentage chances that we're going to get football are going to be oh man that's a great question as we stand here and record this now, I'd say 50-50. Um, I've long said from talking to people I know and, and administrators and everything that they're going to keep kicking decisions down the road. I mean, you might hear a decision this week about what the schedule is going to look like, but then in two weeks and it might change. The season might be shortened, might be delayed even further. But, you know, if you look at the calendar, based off what I've been told, you know, the SEC and other conferences are wanting to play at least six conference games for each school so that they can maybe crown divisional or overall conference champions. And if they do that, they could say, hey, we had a season. Because if you look through, through history, the past hundred years or so, six conference games has been pretty common. And it's only expanded until recently. So the idea is get those in, be able to say it's kind of a shortened season. And if they do that, if, they, if that's the worst case scenario for actually playing a season, they can make a decision in late September um, to have a season. Um, so you wouldn't hear that a season is maybe being you know completely canceled in some conferences until maybe as late as late September. Wow. So the SEC's met, <clears throat> set to meet July thirtieth. Um, I mean, with that information, what do you what do you expect to see or to come out of that meeting? Well, the presidents and chancellors are going to meet virtually. Um, I don't know if a decision will be reached at that point. They will present plans to them. It's possible that they will go ahead and vote and decide on things like that. But after that happens, they've got to obviously um, present that to the coaches, the ADs. Here's what the schedule is going to look like and everything. So I think you could see some type of resolution reached. on the 30th and then maybe the announcement after that. But I think they still have some details to work through even after they make a a decision as far as a vote, because there's a schedule they have to come up with. So you wrote an interesting story uh, on, on 247sports.com, the, the why the NCAA doesn't, contr- doesn't control college football and never will. And it's, you know, a lot of questions have come out over the last couple of weeks as far as Mark Emmert and, and why he hasn't been more the face of this thing, why there's not consistency at, you know, at the college level. But I was – you know, there were some things that I learned from this article that not, not under, you know, didn't really understand in terms of, of how that, you know, those, those things work between the NCAA and, and, and the power five in general. But, you know, 
what what kind of changes could happen if the NCAA you know comes out and says well, we're not going to have any of the FCS playoffs, we won't have any of the playoffs in power, you know at, at, at the FBS level? Then then what are we talking about? Well, it could start like a domino effect, and that's one reason why you know to be clear, you know the NCAA only controls the postseasons for all lower levels of football and obviously the Olympic sports. That's twenty two championship events in total in the fall and they have no control over the FBS, the college football playoff or the bowl system. So whatever decision they make won't directly affect the FBS, but it could indirectly affect the FBS. And Shane Lyons, the West Virginia athletics director, who is the committee chairman of the uh, NCAA football oversight committee, pinned a letter to the board of governors last week asking, Hey, can you delay your decision because whatever decision you make might be done so in a you know a manner in which you have more time to make a decision this might be too early to make a decision and it'll provide you know too much stress and pressure on the FBS level of people going well the FCS has decided to cancel things why isn't the FBS doing that so they kind of got a stay of execution so to speak for about 10 days, and now the Board of Governors is going to meet again August 4th to kind of decide the fate of postseason events on the lower level. But, um, you know, I've spoken to some administrators across the country who believe that no matter what the Board of Governors decides, they're not going to let that affect their decision on the uh, FBS level. The issue with that is, right or wrong, there's a PR standpoint to all this. There's optics, and they don't want to look like they're playing football while everybody else is canceling it just because they want to make money or whatever. And right or wrong, that's something they got away. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, like they you can said, go either way, though. Uh, yeah, and like you said, the money side of that is so big, and and for a lot of these programs, much more for the Power Five, obviously, than it is the lower and, and even the NCAA. So, um, do we? Do you think? I mean, I've had this conversation with a couple of other folks as well, but do you think we're really starting to see that erosion and that separation between the autonomous five, Power Five, and, and the NCAA at this point? Oh, absolutely. I mean. It's been going on for years. It's really strengthened here in the last about 10 years. And I think this last several months has shown just how wide of a divide there is because this is an opportunity for the NCAA, even though they do not have strict power over the FBS, but be able to step in and go, hey, we're going to help out during this time, help you guide during this whole situation with the pandemic. And they didn't do that. They waited until like the last two weeks to really stand up and go, hey, we're going to come up with these guidelines for testing and protocols during the season. And when we do so, you can either adopt them or just completely ignore them because they're not rules. They're not (laughs) situations where the FBS has to follow what the NCAA says. So it just shows you kind of how impotent the NCAA is when it comes to this whole entire issue with the pandemic and the FBS, but also just with their control over the FBS. And the FBS might as well just break away now because it pretty much is already broken away. 
Yeah, I mean that was my thought. I mean, when you and when you look at the the the, the silence coming from the NCAA side and, and not hearing anything, and, and like you said, a golden opportunity to at the very least get in front of this and say this is what we should do, this is what we recommend, and, and make you know maybe save face a little bit here. So, um, yeah, it's frustrating to say the least. It's been annoying. It's been it, we all want football. We want something. Amen. You, know, you, you you've been in this business a lot longer than us, and, and having live sports, not having live sports has got to be frustrating for you guys as well oh yeah i mean it's uh you know selfishly it <laughs> certainly would probably put my job in jeopardy something that i've worked for 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 years but you know we're in a unprecedented time right now and a lot of people have lost their jobs and all those situations you got to think about the health and safety of players and obviously that's paramount and i think you know listen the fbs they're not going to make a decision that they're like, oh, wow, we can't control this completely. And the moment they can't control it, they'll put a pause on things. And you, you've already seen that, um, you know, where Michigan State, Rutgers, Kansas State, Boise State, um, where they have paused workouts for a period of time at some point this summer because of positive tests within their football program. And I think that would continue even if we do get to a football season where there would be teams that pause workouts and would probably have to miss a game or two. And that's why there's so much of a big window that's going to be built into these schedules to make up games because a lot of them are probably not going to be able to play a game or two. Could that be Could that be the you know college football's downfall this year to be able to get a full season in is the lack of consistency like you talk we, we, you're talking about programs like Michigan State and, and different things like that that have shut down everything but in the same week we have stories like Oklahoma and Missouri State are moving their game up a week to play earlier yeah you know and there's a couple of ways to take that um, as far as the scheduling aspect of it the Big Ten looks like it's moving toward a situation where they want to play nine conference games plus one uh, non-conference game or two non-conference games. And for Oklahoma, moving up that Missouri State game to week zero allows them to get that game in. And then if they, the Big 12 says, hey, we're only playing one non-conference game, they go, well, we already moved this with the NCAA's permission, so we're not going to play Tennessee like you want us to. We're just going to play Missouri State, which is an easier schedule. Um, or, you know, it could be just a situation where they see an opportunity here where if we want to play as many games as we want to, let's move them up earlier in the year as much as we can so we have more of a longer runway through now late August all the way through early December to be able to play, say, like 10 games or so. Yeah, and I mean, obviously if you're Oklahoma, like you said, I mean, would you rather play – whatever Bobby Petrino's bringing to Missouri State, or would you rather play Tennessee, which seems to be on the upswing right now? Yeah, and, and that's the game that I think would obviously got a lot nationalized with Tennessee, but, you know, I, I think the thinking is among the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 is they're working together to try and come up with a non-conference schedule just among those three conferences so if they do 10 plus one or nine plus one or eight plus two meaning two non-conference games or one non-conference game it would be among each other not necessarily the lower level teams because the lower level teams let's face it they don't necessarily have the monetary um, strength to be able to properly test players and do so consistently also they will not be following the same guidelines as major conferences when it comes to testing protocols and quarantine and isolation so 
the best thing to do is almost treat this like a super conference in some ways where if you're going to go outside your own conference, at least you're doing so within the footprint of these three conferences who have been working together and will have similar testing protocols in place. Yeah. I, I can't imagine in that scenario. I, I mean, we all would love that scenario. We want football. Yeah, so sure. I'll take, I'll take, you know, an Oklahoma state matchup, um, over I think be fun. Yeah. I mean, I'd take an Oklahoma state matchup over, a, you know, a, a, I mean, at this point I'd love to have Notre Dame, but over a Nevada matchup, you know, absolutely. And, and so, um, but I don't know how much Sam Pittman would enjoy that coming, uh, um, you know, coming into a season where <laughs> from you nothing from, from what he's had to deal Speaking with. Of. Um, yeah. But what's your thoughts on the Pittman hire and the staff he's assembled? Well, you know, he's got a heck of a rebuilding project ahead of him. I mean, it, it's, um, it's amazing how far Arkansas has fallen uh, in those latter years of the Brett Bielema era to obviously now a Chad Morris kind of compounding the issue further. I think any coach, Sam Pittman or anybody, they, they, they will need at least three, four years to get this thing back into a position to be in a bowl game, in my opinion. There's ways to, there's ways to speed that up when you're getting like transfers and stuff like that, whether you see like Felipe Franks, a quarterback and everything, but you got to have a lot more pieces than just one or two. And, um, you know, I've watched Arkansas football close most of my, most of my life. And then obviously now as a writer over the last 12 years, and um, it's incredible to me just how, bad Arkansas has become over the last five, six years since Bobby Petrino, you know, got fired. It's, it's, I hate to say it, but it's like watching the Vanderbilt teams of the nineties. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, that Arkansas nice, team, <laughs> no, I know, but Hey, nice, man, <laughs> that Arkansas team last year, um, oh, yeah. was one of the worst I've, I've ever seen on the, on the power five level. Uh, 100% agree with you on that. That's for sure. Yeah, that I mean, it, it's been. You gotta own it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> He's not wrong. I've made the point uh, many times on this podcast and, and on a couple of our other shows that you know if if Sam Pittman is somehow and this was before really we started thinking COVID terms, but if we played a 12 game season and Arkansas wins five games, they should just go ahead and erect the Sam Pittman statue right next to that big hog <laughs> fountain because this is tough. Yeah, if they were to win five games, that would be quite incredible. I, I think I they think got a chance Auburn to win four. <laughs> <laughs> if they could win four, I think that would be pretty pretty good, yes. considering what they got. That's kind of been my number for the whole season. I don't disagree. Yeah. What? So, well, you answered kind of the perception of what the program <laughs> looks like from an outsider's view, but you know how difficult is Pittman and Crew's job going to be? I mean, obviously, you know, you made the point last year was one of the worst teams you've ever seen in power five. Now Pittman comes in and has to kind of change. has to change the culture. He's got to, you know, get these guys to believe that they can actually win a game, but yet he can't do anything with them. And I think Friday was the first time they'd ever even seen Felipe Franks throw a football live and in person. (laughs) Yeah. It's incredible. That's incredibly difficult. You know, I spoke to Pittman, uh, I guess, late April, early May, and he even expressed at that point, you know, the most difficult thing of all this isn't necessarily installing offense and defense philosophy. It's actually with developing relationships with players because they haven't really been able to do that with spring, obviously. And then now everybody was, you know, in their isolated and their 
their states and their homes and just communicating through Zoom. And you can talk to someone on the phone or through Zoom as much as you want, but if you never really had meetings and developed a relationship in person, it's impossible to really, you know, be able to build that trust between a coach and a player and even players between players. And, and, and for that matter, even coach coaches uh, with coaches. So, um, you know, I'd be interested to hear like how they're kind of doing right now, just being back in person and working together and, and everything like that. Uh, I've pitched a couple of stories because I live in uh, Fayetteville now, but okay. I, I've, I've thought about like, I'd love to be like embedded with them right now, but obviously there's health issues to, to worry about there. I don't want to, you know, somehow get the virus and spread it right. to people. That'd be terrible. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, uh, it's, uh, I'd be interested to see just, you know, my big thing is like seeing how first year coaches and first year staffs are dealing with all this, because if they're coming in and installing completely new systems offensively or defensively, those are the teams that are going to struggle this year. And I don't care about talent level. I think they're going to struggle. Um, if you are a program that has some consistency uh, with the coaching staff, but also the roster, those are the programs that are going to be successful at least early in the season, whenever we do have a season, you know, you look at, you know, some first year coaches in the SEC, you know, I look at Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and people go, well, they might struggle. And I go, I, I don't think so because they've got John Reese Plumley's returning Matt Corral also at, at quarterback, but also they ran a spread offense last year that was really predicated on the run. Lane Kiffin's coming in and to really run the same system, but to bulk up the passing game. And so I believe that Ole Miss might actually improve this season because the concepts are not completely different. Now, Mississippi State, whole different issue. You're moving from, sure, a spread-type offense, but you're going completely air raid with a new quarterback, a new coaching staff, some new players. You're replacing a lot of talent on the defense and you didn't have a spring practice to really go through all that stuff, I think Mississippi State's going to look very ugly this year if they end up playing a season. Yeah, and that's such a weird situation anyway with kind of the way things ended. It wasn't going to end. They weren't going to do it. And then, it yeah. and then they get rid of him like they did. So, yeah, that's that that's already an odd deal. Now, I, I will say this. I was a big um, I was a big fan of the thought that Lane Kiffin could be coming to Arkansas it's just to the point that uh, to the point that I actually um, took an egg over the head in a, on a live broadcast because of it. Um, but, that you but, did. But I tell you, um, it doesn't seem like Lane Kiffin's winning the offseason right now. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Ole Miss is going to be fine you know, with, with him. It's just they got to get like they got to get some practices in. They got to get off on the field and doing some things and everything. But I think, you know, the thing with Lane is we focus so much on his personality and everything and not what he does as a coach. And what we've seen over the years is that he's really – Sorry, I'm holding my baby boy right now. No, you're good. No problem. Uh, uh, but the thing with him is he's just really got to get out there and show what he can do as a coach again because he's a very, very talented play caller, but also a head coach in my opinion. And um, we focus a little bit too much on his personality, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, and the rumor mills get to run really rampant right now with every conspiracy theory. And I think it was, what, last Wednesday or Thursday that the rumor – the, the message boards were going crazy that Lane Lane was out and he was apparently uh, who knows what all was happening. So 
Wow, I have not heard that. Wow. Oh, wow. yeah. It, 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 boards. Yeah, it grew <laughs> wings pretty quickly on the Mississippi State and Ole Miss boards and uh, something. Of course. I don't know. There was a bunch of craziness with it. So, um, but uh, so what's your thoughts on Felipe Franks getting back to Arkansas? Um, your thoughts on Franks as a quarterback and what he's going to bring to, to Arkansas this year? Well, immediate upgrade at quarterback, of course. You know, I, I think he provides them someone who obviously is very passionate and you know for better or worse they're you know at florida he did some things that rub some people the wrong way but you need some passion you need some need something like that at quarterback especially when you're you know quarterbacking a team that's going through such a transition like arkansas right now it's just a matter of does he have the weapons around him to be able to get it done they do a running back obviously but do they a receiver and be able to be able to be able to be consistent uh in playing i think the offense will be better than it was last year but uh you do have to wonder with felipe coming into a new system new atmosphere what he can do you know with really no spring and really no off season well the one plus or two pluses i guess is he doesn't come in here with a nickname of pick six hicks or the sparkle stark starkle sparkle or Bieber's whatever greatest fan bieber yeah whatever that was bieber going fever. on last year so <laughs> uh, so we i'm going to take rakeem boyd off the table on this but who do you think's the best playmaker outside of rakeem boyd on this razorback roster just took his answer man <laughs> I know it. Uh, <laughs> All that before you started. No, I know he did. So I took it away. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I'm trying to think. Now I don't know much about Arkansas. I, I'm just going to think of the best name that I, I could come up with. That Bumper Pool. Yes. He's on the team? Yes. Okay, sure. Him. He's got a great name. He's got a great name. I was trying to push you towards like Traylon Burks or one of those receivers that Franks could uh, throw to, but um, I think we saw more knocks than we saw Burks last year. So. Yeah. I like the one that we haven't seen, Traylon Smith, too. Yeah, the running back behind Boyd. So. Yeah. All right, so let's talk Chad Morris a little bit since <laughs> he's your issue now. It's your people. So – is is he? And of course, this is a lot of the the banter that comes from Arkansas and, and the just the, the the love and hate with Gus Malzahn that goes on between the fan bases. Like but it, is he Gus's next scapegoat, or can he find success now that he's back to his roots as a coordinator? No, I don't know. I mean, I think Gus is our scapegoat. If yeah, something right. bad happens, he'll be gone. He'll be gone too. It's like you, put, I mean, you pulled this guy in here. You got to go now. Yeah. Right. Um, I. I think he's actually, you know, knowing Gus and talking to him, I think he's actually changed things. You know, I think he's actually gone in there and allowed him to kind of run his offense and install it. But in the end, Gus is only going to be allowing him so much leash, so to speak, when he goes out there and calls plays and everything. And if things do struggle a little bit and if Gus can somehow survive, I'm sure chad his best friend would still be like the first guy to go but we'll see i mean i i don't know what kind of situation and reading and all that to be able to think yeah that's gonna work or it's not gonna work they got a lot of talent they got a great quarterback in bo nix they just gotta get it all together um i don't know if chad morris is the answer um I frankly thought that Gus taking back over the offense the last year or two was the best move for them. Mm-hmm. And I don't really understand hiring Chad Morris to take over the offense after you said that I got to take it back over. It gives mixed signals to the team. 
Speaking of offensive installation, on a percentage level, how much percentage do you think we actually, excuse me, y'all actually have installed? Who's y'all? I think the question y'all is how much Auburn, Auburn and, and so the question was, you know, at Arkansas, it was always the running joke after it seemed like every press conference that, you know, Chad Morris would come out and say, well, we got. 10% of the offense installed. We got 20. I think we got to 30% of the 30% offense installed by the time it was over with. So does he have at least 30% of the offense installed at Auburn? Uh, I have no idea. I haven't been in Auburn since March. I haven't lived there. I haven't covered them since March. Um, they obviously didn't have a spring practice. Um, I haven't really talked to any coaches down there since I've left. Um, I know that Bo Nix, the quarterback, his father, Patrick Nix, he's a former Auburn quarterback himself and is a high school coach and used to be an OC on the FBS level. He's been coaching him quite a bit in the, in the summer. They've been going out and going through the new playbook quite a bit. But, you know, percentage-wise of that, of that offense, I mean, Gus's system, no matter who the offensive coordinator is, he tries to keep it pretty simple. So, and try to make it look complex just with eye candy and motions and everything like that. So I don't suspect that offense is going to look a lot different anyway. Well, and I would agree with you. You made a point before, too. I mean, it was confusing that, that Malzahn would make that higher. Like you said, I thought, you know, they were looking a little better when, you know, running what he wanted to run and, and without having I've always the, thought that about them. Yeah, the inconsistency of two different guys trying to maybe meld, a, a, you know, their their thought process together between him, him and his coordinator. So that was a surprising uh, kind of hire. But so one last thing I wanted to get into your you, you guys did a media days predicted order of finish. And we've talked a little bit about this, but um, I just I wanted to talk some. So you got Arkansas seven, which is not a surprise in the West. Um, Alabama, or you've got Alabama one. Do you think Alabama is the cream of the crop in the SEC this year? I do. You know, that those polls we did was from all of our uh, publishers and writers from uh, across our SEC team sites. And me personally, I think Alabama is not only the class of the SEC, but might be the second best team in the country. And I, I think they're going to beat up on teams in the SEC if they end up having a season. They're on a bit of a vengeance tour after last year. And, <laughs> yeah. and consider this. They had, they had a chance still to beat LSU last year, and LSU was – beyond the cream of the crop nationally and one of the better teams we've had in college football in the last 20 years. But Alabama's defense was the worst Nick Saban's had in at least 10 years. They lose and, it's still ranked, and, it was, and it's still ranked 13th nationally in scoring defense. But the reason why they struggled so much is because they had so many injuries at linebacker mm-hmm. and on the defensive line. All those guys are back. They have even more talent up there. They're going to be much better defensively. I don't think the offense is going to take much of a step back because Mac Jones had to take over at quarterback in the last third of the season last year. They didn't really miss much of a step offensively, and I think they're going to be whooping up on people in the SEC this year. No one comes close to them talent-wise this year, except for maybe Georgia, 
but I wonder about Georgia and its quarterback issues. Yep. Yeah, they've got some decisions to make. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. So I feel like the West, and not really looking at these, but I feel like the West is like it's tell of three sections. You've got you got Alabama, you got Auburn for the most part, who you know what you got. You know, there's some questions there, but we know talent wise. And you got AM who seems to want to never want to put everything together, but we'll see what happens. And then you got LSU who's kind of sitting there in the middle, um, you know, with all of the unknowns. Um, but I'm going to, you know, you've got Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas at five, or the, the, the voting had them at five, six, and seven. So that's, you know, the, the new crew in some ways. Um, but man, I think A&M is going to be that team that surprises some folks and jumps up into that two hole. It's possible, you know, personally, I'm of a belief when you've got a quarterback who's been a starter there for two or three years, they are what they are. I don't see him making a Kellen Mond making a huge jump this year where it's like, oh, wow, that's a championship level program. I don't see it because the guy has never come through in the clutch for them. Um, that Clemson game a couple of years ago, they came close. Uh, the, the big win for him was against LSU two years ago before Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow when they won in seven overtimes with possibly a controversial call going their way. So right. I've seen him play in games where it's close, but then they get down like two touchdowns suddenly, and it's almost like they fold. Maybe they just they can't come back. Kellen Mond doesn't have that in him, I don't believe. And Jimbo Fisher is, I think, the second best quarterbacks coach in the in the, maybe the SEC, maybe the country, but certainly in the SEC. I think Dan Mullen's number one. Yeah. But Jimbo is a great quarterbacks guy, and he has improved Kellen Mond from a statistical standpoint. But when it comes down to these big games and the big moments, Kellen Mond has not delivered. He has struck out pretty much every time, and I just don't see him coming through this year either. And I, I mean, sure, they might finish second in the West, but I don't think they're going to come anywhere close to contending for Alabama for the West title. Oh, no. No, I, I couldn't see that at all. Brandon, I just want to say thank you for, <laughs> for backing up almost exactly what I said before we came into this interview today. About <laughs> Kellen Mond. Steve, he said the same thing he to did. me. And I was like, yep. Kellen Mond is going to be the problem. He, he can't get it all together at once. Nope. He yeah. just can't. I'm, I'm with you, man. Fine, I'll go sit in my corner. Nose so. in the corner now, so. <laughs> so, I, I listened to that other, another interview you did, and are you sticking to Justin Fields as your Heisman and Ohio State as your national championship? Yeah, I'm going to do, do so for now. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, you know, part of that is because, but it might change this year because the schedule may be changing. You know, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, you know, he's not playing. He didn't play like in the final 10 minutes of games last year for the most part. Nope. So he could have been like a 4,000 yard passer if he played complete games. If that continues this year and they're just beating up on ACC teams, uh, I don't see how Trevor Lawrence wins the Heisman just because he's not going to have the opportunity to play as many games and as many big moments as, say, Justin Fields at Ohio State can be playing some tougher opponents also in that conference. And Ohio State's my pick to win the national title. I love what Ryan Day has done there. Um, you know, they, they seem to be losing focus under Urban Meyer, which was exactly what happened at Florida under his watch near the end. Ryan Day came in and got them hyper-focused. They came in and just were whooping up on people yeah. last season. And they got in the playoff and obviously lost. But and but the, a lot of those guys returned. And, and I, I think Ryan Day is going to have them even more focused this year based off of the way they went out last season. And 
I really like them. I think they're the most complete team in the country. Well, we'll see. I can't. I can't root for Ohio State just yet, but I'll. I'll. Well, probably never will. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, man, we really appreciate you joining us this week, Brandon. Uh, you can find Brandon at at B Marcello. Right? Am I right on that? Sure. That's it. Yeah. yeah. At B Marcello on Twitter, and then uh, and also make sure you find his stuff on twenty four seven sports dot com. Uh, once again, Brandon, we really appreciate you taking your time out and joining us this week. Hey, no problem. And sorry if you heard my son sucking down on his water and asked me to pick him up. And I was running up and down stairs. And for a big guy like me, that's not a good thing to do while you're trying to do radio. No, okay. <laughs> no you're good. Uh, no, no, no issues at all. Like I said, I got we got little ones here that uh, like to bust in the door from time to time. So you gotta lock the door. Um, this is COVID, COVID times. So got to do what we got to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, good luck to you. And again, we appreciate you joining us, Brandon. All right. Thanks, guys. Yes. Thank Have you. Have a good one. All right, Brandon Marcello, everybody, from 247sports.com. Uh, really appreciate Brandon joining us. Again, you can find him at bmarcello on Twitter. Uh, good stuff, man. I felt insulted. Felt insulted? Why did you feel insulted? He was like, who's y'all? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, y'all, you, you He's not you, claiming Auburn. He doesn't claim him anymore. Him. <laughs> they hired Chad Morris. He stopped claiming like, him. I don't, I don't, blame I don't know what to do with him. <laughs> don't blame him. Like, hey, I, I mean, you just kind of duck your head and put a bag on or something, I guess. Yeah, I can't blame him at all. I mean, I wouldn't claim them either. He talks point. about Bo Nix and everything was his being coached by his father and everything, you know, during the offseason. I think his father might be a better coach than, than oh, Chandler's father. Maybe that's the so, offensive coordinator. Yeah. Nix's dad. Not Chandler's dad. <laughs> Could Bo's you imagine? Dad. Could you imagine the headbutting that could potentially be going on right there between Coach Nix, who's coached his son all this time, and Coach Moron, who's come in here to install twenty five percent of the offense and try to teach him how to be a better quarterback? Like we got thirty seven and a half percent installed. We're <laughs> did, not even to February. Yet. If I'm Nix, I'm like, look, we've watched Arkansas the last two years. Like, we've bro. seen what you've done done to Starkle, and it seems that every quarterback gets better when they leave. Tie story. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Literally every quarterback that, that left. Uh, we'll, we'll see what Starkle does this year with Sparkle in uh, San and, Jose and Josie. Yeah. It'll probably I mean, be already completed there. five passes to him. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, he hasn't even played for him yet. He's got five down. <laughs> got five completions. Oh, goodness gracious, man. Well, good stuff. And uh, let's just hope that Ohio State doesn't win a national title because we'll never hear the end of that talk literally ever if that happens. Nope. Yeah. So, when we get back, man, I'm excited. You know who we got next? This is like the day of interviews. Who we got next? We got Aaron Outley, the Hogs' new tight end commitment. Ooh, that could be fun. I know it. I'm looking forward to it. When we get back, Aaron Outley joins us. Blue Pig. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the High on the Hogs podcast. Joining us now is Arkansas's latest commit, Little Rock Parkview standout tight end Aaron Outley. Aaron, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Man, congrats on your commitment. Uh, thank you so much. No problem. I'm excited. Good, good. Well, we're happy to have you on the hill. Uh, looking forward to it. It's always fun when we can get the Arkansas homegrown guys up there. Yes, sir. 
Yeah. So let's first talk about Little Rock Park View and the powerhouse that you guys seem to be building over there. Two of the top 10 players in the state, according to 24-7 Sports, including your quarterback and hog recommit Landon Rogers, plus 2022's number one running back and quite possibly one of the best backs to come out of this state since at least Michael Dyer, James Joyner. So what's it like playing with those guys? Oh, it's very good. Those are my brothers. I mean, I love them. Um, they work hard. I mean, we just coming out here. We just, I'm hoping that my boy James joined a Razorback too with me, and we gonna change the program around for Arkansas. So that was going to be one of my next questions: Is since we got our first commit of that 2022 class with JJ Hollingsworth, are you pushing James to make it two commits for that class? Yes, sir. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, buddy. Arkansas needs some running backs, man. So get a guy like you up there to block for him and catch for him. That's uh, we we, that, we can't go wrong there. Yes, sir. So what's Arkansas getting in quarterback Landon in, in Landon Rogers? I mean, really, just a complete package. I mean, he can run the ball, he can throw the ball, sit in a pocket, scramble on the run, he can do it all. What's your favorite throw to catch from him? I got a lot of them that I can't really choose, but <laughs> if I would have to say the favorite, probably the fade ball. Okay. Because he know how to put it exactly where I want it. Big man, you go up and get it anyway. Yes, sir. That was the impressive part. We've been sitting here watching some of your highlights here for the last few minutes getting ready and uh, impressed at the fact that you seem to line up outside a lot. Is that where you prefer to be? Uh, it don't really matter. I can line up inside or outside. So, But mainly I lined up outside last this past season. So what's your best attribute as a player? Uh, to be able to just do it all. I mean, I can block. A lot of tight ends can either just block or they can just run routes. I mean, I can do it all. I can get out of space and run routes, and I can also put my hand in the ground and get in the trenches with the linemen and block. Yeah, so we watched a little bit of, of course, on your film, and you've got some stuff on there of you, you know, washing down, doing a really good job of blocking and opening up the holes there. Um, have you talked much with, with Coach Davis and in terms of what they may want to do with you on the offensive line side of things? Uh, I haven't really talked to him. I mean, talked to Coach Coop. Um, just a lot about the run game and also the uh, passing game. So how how complicated is this offense? Like, if you had a chance to get an idea of talking with those guys of kind of what kind of offense this is you're going to fit into with Bryles? Uh, yes, sir. I talked a little bit. We had got a little bit of work in, a little bit of just looking and seeing how everything goes. But um, really, it's just it's really the same as me leaving high school. We really run like the same thing. So I'm really. Just expecting it to be not changed because all everything that they ran, I have ran before. So, okay, so Easy transition now. Yeah, for sure. So, what do you feel you need to work on the most before you get to Fayetteville? You just get quicker and stronger, faster and stronger, really, and just keep progressing and uh, being a student of the game. So, and what do you enjoy most about playing tight end? Uh, really, just. Having the opportunity to block and having an opportunity to run routes and stuff. So, really, it's, it's all fun to score a touchdown. It's fun to get a big block for the touchdown for your running back or your receiver or something. And just to have that power just to do it all. Is there anybody that you try to mold your game after? Obviously, Arkansas has had a few really good uh, tight ends at Arkansas, but anybody that you mold your game around? Uh, I mainly rode my game uh, rather than – Rob Gronkowski and George Kittle. All right, I'm a Niners guy, man. So <laughs> you hit on one there, man. Yeah, Kittle's fun yes, to sir. watch. 
Kittle's a ton of fun to watch. Well, both of them are. Yes, to be honest, I'm so. Oh, well, hey, uh oh, we got something in common now. So, yeah, that's my favorite team. Yeah, me too. I've, I've been a Niners fan since I was a kid. I love the Niners, so we can sit here and talk about that all day long now. <laughs> so you had some big time offers from some really successful programs like defending champion LSU. Who was Arkansas's biggest threat in your in your recruiting? It's just that they helped build a relationship and I connect them but them coaches other better than any other coach that um was scouting me, so it's just that it fell home and I really wanted to put on for the state, so very good. Was there anybody else that even came close when you came to make your decision to Arkansas? I mean, my top two was decisions that ended up being Florida State and Arkansas, so it was between those two. It's a matter of staying in the middle of the South or hitting the uh, the, the, the beaches. The beaches, yeah. <laughs> Well, and the unique thing there, too, is, I mean, obviously both uh, programs have new coaching staffs coming in. So, yep. you know, you get to kind of start fresh with new relationship with new staff and, and, and kind of build something from the ground up. Yes, so talk about that relationship you have with Coach Pittman and Coach Cooper. I mean, we talk almost every day, every other week. So we have a good relationship. We get to know each other well. And we just can't wait to see each other on the hill together. Well, we're ready for it for sure. What are some things that you love to do outside of football? Uh, really, I just probably be with my friends, Landon, James. We probably hang out a lot. We actually go bowling almost every Sunday. Because that's yeah. mainly it became a thing. We just would go bowling on Sundays. Very cool. So, now, are you planning on being an early enrollee? Uh. It just depends on how the buyer's going. I hope I hope to be one, but it just all depends on how everything's going. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm sure that's put a, a cramp in things. How have you kind of changed things up to really work out maybe this summer? And, of course, no spring, no no, no real spring ball or anything like that. So how's things changed for you in terms of, of getting ready for your senior year and then getting ready to move on to college ball? Oh, you just got to work hard. I mean, we just got working hard. I mean, our team is actually – practicing right now so we're just waiting for us to give us the green light to you know go full full tilt but we uh we're doing the best we could with what we can do well, we all hope that we get to see a season for sure. Uh, it would be a major disappointment. I know everybody's looking, thinking we're having football no matter what. So, um, we yeah, we need it. And, and hopefully for your sake, uh, we get to watch you as you uh, continue to develop out there at Parkview. Yes, sir. Well, man, I appreciate you joining us. And, again, congrats on your commitment. Uh, and uh, we look forward to watching you develop into the next great tight end at Arkansas. Absolutely. Yes, sir. I got you. All right, man. Thank appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Blue Pig. You too. Aaron Outley, y'all. Man, what a great interview. That was good. That dude is I'm – I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, I've been impressed with literally every single one of these recruits we've been able to get I on. I got two words for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is definitely rubbed off on what seems yes, to be every single – And, I mean, it's funny because it's a southern thing anyway. We all say it for the most part. But now it's just been – That kid's amped up, dude. Yeah, he, yeah. Sounded, he sounded really excited, and that's it's always a plus anyway. And maybe maybe do a little recruiting of his own, you know, to, to – to, 
put some other people up there with him. Well, I mean, you know, big this week, as you know, we talked about this back in the first segment, but, um, you know, big this week that we've got that his quarterback, Landon Rogers, has recommitted. So, you know, Lucas Coley came in, he committed, Landon. Not like a little competition. Yeah, Landon wanted to rethink things. Obviously, he's been highly pursued by Kansas and a couple of other programs. So, Grass eater. Um, so, I mean, can't blame him for taking another look, making sure it's, he's doing what he wants, you know, what's best for him uh, before they go into this you know their senior years of football so um you know get it out of the way yeah so uh but landon rogers commits this week which is big for the hogs i mean just adding more and more competition uh landon rogers in that quarterback room landon rogers is the uh the number six player in the state 31st the number 31 dual threat quarterback in the country he's just inside the top 1000 as a three-star uh but he has all kinds of size at 6'4 215 um and i'll tell you and i meant to kind of say this when we were talking to Aaron, but you know, I think Aaron Outley is criminally underrated by the recruiting services right now. From the video I saw, it looks like it. Yeah, 6'4, 255. I mean, he's got Super the soft size hands. of a Cheyenne O'Grady look. Maybe not quite as athletic as O'Grady was. Um, he did jump over that dude pretty. Easily. He did. That was impressive. Um, we'll see. He he's, he looks to be good on the line when it comes to blocking. You know, there's some, some. We watched some good video of that he talked about his blocking. So um, you know, another another big commit there. He's not scared to be inside or outside. No, so. and he he enjoys it, even though he lines up wide. You know, in that spread offense that they run at Parkview. But um, yeah, but I mean, there's several times you saw him just hammer someone into the ground just pretty quickly. And it looked pretty effortless, too. And, and like I said, his highlight video from his junior season. Yeah. So, um, and then also this week, Cameron Little. Uh, we talked about that a little earlier with the crazy kicker situation. But I'll show you something real quick. This is a video I found on Twitter. And I just want your reaction since no one can see this video. But there, this is this is him kicking a... 74-yard field goal. 70-yard field goal. Okay, so I wasn't far off. I was actually joking. 70-yard. Now off a tee, obviously. Yeah. Well, that's a I mean, kickoff more a than anything. Kickoff. But he still puts it through the uprights from 70 away. That's, a, that's the that's the 40, so 60 plus the 10. That's at least 70. 10 feet up. Yeah, that's a heck that's of a, a kick. drive is what that is. We could use that guy. Number two rated kicker uh, in the country. Also a punter, so we'll see if he translates into both those positions. Um, but if we can get anything like a J.K. Scott type from Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> the Scottish Hammer. Uh, maybe. Played I, at UAPB. <laughs> Yes, now that I would be all about. So, I mean, that kid, he's playing pro ball now. Yes. Can't remember his name, but I do know his nickname. <laughs> so, I mean, I think we're starting to see the fruits yeah, of the yeah. labor of actually having a special teams coordinator in Scott Fountain, uh, uh, being able to go out and actually. a little difference. I mean, three points is better than no points. And well, and Cameron Little's a scholarship athlete. This isn't a walk-on kicker. This is a offered scholarship committed to a scholarship kicker. I would say that's big time. Let's hopefully he's better than that last one that got a scholarship. Oh, let's go back. We gave Tata a scholarship, right? We gave he's a little bitty tiny fella. Didn't the, went to North Texas. Yeah, the one from Texas that he came. went to North Texas. Yeah, he, he was five foot six and a half. Yeah, he didn't. One hundred and thirty-seven three quarter pound. He didn't fit with the SEC ball. Yeah. So one other thing I want to talk about a little bit before we get into some rabbit holes here. Um, so Arkansas completes week one of basketball, of basketball camp. Uh, head over to 24-7 Sports and check out Curtis Wilkins, Curtis, Curtis Wilkerson. So easy for me to say, right? Spit it out, Jimmy. Curtis Wilkerson's article. One more time. One more time. On, uh, on 24-7 Sports. Curtis really good stuff. Wilkerson. Curtis Wilkerson. Thank you. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll appreciate it. And this is a free pimp out for, for uh, Curtis. So we're 
we're just trying to help you out a little bit. I know he had, he, he joined. Uh, I think he, if he hadn't, he's planning to join um, Jackson on his pod. So um, that'd be cool. Yeah, looking forward to that. But big news that really came out of this week: uh, the 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 lack of Isaiah Joe on the floor. Kind of sad about um, that. Looks like I want to be greedy and stingy and, <laughs> and go possibly go out there and play in the Final Four or maybe even a little further than that. Yeah. But looks like Joe might be leaning towards the NBA. They had I think some. He had a couple like second interviews with yep. with teams, and that's it's usually a good thing for the player. And like I said the whole time, I think he needs to put a little more bulk on him. And and you know, I mean, they're going to do that. They, oh, yeah. they see. I mean, as far as purity and shooting, and you know, six foot five and can stroke it. You know, he's good to go. Yeah, and it's just a weird year in terms of no not he's being a able... willing defender. That's, yeah, that's another big thing. Yeah. It, is he'll get out there and he'll D somebody up real quick. But, you know, I've, I've said it since, you know, especially this last year was his ball handling skills aren't the greatest, you know, when he has to drive it or something like that, you know, getting by somebody, somebody that's relatively decent defensively is going to take the ball or at yeah. least, at least knock it loose from him. He's just not a strong guy. Yeah. So that was, that. that's probably the biggest thing that came out of this week. Cotton um, ball junior. Ethan Henderson. He was on the floor. So um, in uniform practicing. So, so maybe times a charm. Maybe he's hanging around. Looks like those legal issues have maybe been worked out. Good. Um, I don't want to see somebody like. Hopefully, it was something that was just kind of a little bit of smoke. But you know how that stuff goes. Yeah. Well, and again, we we talked about this when it happened, or when we when it, when it kind of came out as a story, and that it was, you know, it's a mutual thing. Both had their so whatever. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, if all in for all indications, sound like Moses Moody is a better shooter than they thought he was. I, I like that line that says two hundred and forty-seven pounds. Yeah, on, on Connor Vanover. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a, a plus. I'd like to see him at two sixty, to be honest. Yeah, two forty-seven probably going to look a lot better than whatever he was carrying, Bean like two fifteen or Bean whatever pole. he was running around at. I so mean, maybe he won't break something. Yeah, I mean, just size in general for this Arkansas team is uh, a night and day difference from what we had. Yeah, totally, totally. Like different. Our size went from like six four average height maybe to like six seven. One of the biggest teams six, in the eight. country now. Like that's pretty. That's pretty yeah, awesome. Was it Vance Jackson six ten? Jalen six ten six eleven. Yep. Uh, you've got Vanover at a tree status, and you know a couple others. I just can't off the top of my head. You know six eight. And, Chaney and, and Henderson are both six eight, and now they're like middle of the road. Yeah. <laughs> we were the biggest guys on the team last year. Now we're like medium sized. Let's see. Yeah, they 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 look like they they look like a basketball look team now. Glue. Yeah, I don't even know why that's up there. All right, let's see here. Are let's we time for a rabbit hole? We're gonna rabbit hole a little bit. <laughs> Let me turn this down just so I can have it set up before I before I make it go live here. So this was pretty funny. It happened a little bit earlier today. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you're not gonna be able to see the actual video, but this so this is from the, the you can find it. Yeah, just look did. on Twitter. This is from the Pirates and Cardinals game today, and uh, it'll be is, on ESPN. There's no doubt. Oh yeah, without no it. doubt, this will show up on ESPN. Get this back. So good stuff. All right, here we go. One, two, three, go. Others into the lineup, and someone has been tossed. Uh oh. 
<laughs> Someone in that pirate. Wait a minute. Wait for it. Oh, it gets oh. better. Skipper, get your mask on. <laughs> wait, wait. Here comes hold Blue. Up. Blue's going to get his out. Let me get my mask. It's got a broke side. I'm just going to hold it on my ear. It don't even work. That's fantastic. He done broke his mask. You can't even see a word. And I mean that. Oh, he's tying it around his ear. Look at him. It's good now. Talk about your mama. You talk about my mama. Coach, get that over. Oh, 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 coach, oh, get the mask off. You got to go backwards. Coach, go six get feet. He's going to get up. That's your a six-figure fine right there. Get your hands off your nipples. Oh, yep, yep. Put it back oh, up. It Stop back spitting up. on me. You're going to pass your COVID. Part of this is that you're trying to get... <laughs> oh, boy. So, this is... I, you have to have a mask on just to argue. argue with the umpire... And oh, on the baseball man. field. Although we've all been tested and everybody's oh, negative, man. and there's no chance that anything can be transferred to anyone, <laughs> you better have your mask up if you go to argue getting your butt kicked out of the game. I'm sure you're going to be able to find this video like everywhere, but it's at MLB on Fox, so it's on the Fox MLB. Oh my God. It's hilarious. Like, to watch. Quick draw that mask from that left rear pocket, bud. The great thing is the coach like nearly jumps over the railing, comes up the stairs, and he's got the the face shield thing. He's got to wear it. Yeah, yeah, and he pulls that sucker up. It's like the neck skirt thing. (laughs) Umpire's got the old, the the dollar dollar mask. He's got the the paper one from (laughs) Walgreens. Dollar mask. That, that he's pulling out of his pocket. So what half, good it's doing, I don't broke. know. That it's already broken. Oh, it's already contaminated. It's in his butt cheek. <laughs> oh, man. No, it uh, ain't. No, that pocket is this, not dry. This dude has got butt sweat on his face now. <laughs> there's no COVID there. Oh, surely there's not, like, anything. Butt sweat droplets. Dude's going to miss tomorrow's game with pink eye. <laughs> Where's your crew chief? He got pink eye from arguing with the um, with the coach. What happened was, <laughs> is I thought him out for being stupid, and he wanted to argue, and oh, man. I, I put it in my mask, it's in my back pocket, <laughs> and now it's on my face. I was just sitting ready. Oh, anyway, Woo. well, this could be one hell of a rabbit hole if we wanted it to. This is so great. Oh man, that was the best thing I've seen all day. It was awesome. So if you get a chance, find that. I don't really have anything else. I wonder this what is- was going through thirty. Five's head. <laughs> like, I would have loved to have been a player in yes. this situation. Yes. With a phone in my pocket or something. Like, y'all got to believe it is. The only thing that could have made this any better is if this was like the Cubs game and Rizzo walks up and hands both of them some, <laughs> some hand sanitizer. Guys, guys, we got to hey, clean up. Hey, hold on. <laughs> hold up. <laughs> Go over and spray them both in the face with Lysol. Yes. Oh, That's gosh. been my threat the whole time. I seriously want to spray somebody with Lysol. Yes. Oh, man. Right in the face. Be like, all right, now you can talk. That's beautiful. Oh, man. All right. I think that's about all I got for today. You got anything exciting or entertaining to tell these folks? Oh, not really. I mean, got a little live show we're going to kick back up here yeah. eventually. Yeah. Uh, See, so y'all got creative and are taking the NCAA football well, idea. We have the, uh, the king of uncreative. <laughs> jump roping with you know other people and <laughs> bandwagoning himself into getting an ass whooping by me uh on NCAA 2013 so uh well, apparently he's going to be Arkansas mm-hmm. and I get the choice of either being Arkansas State Ole Miss Clemson Ohio State or Texas 
You should just beat Arkansas State and be done with it. It's kind of, I mean, it might be kind of hard to do. Arkansas's talent pool was pretty deep in 13, according to what was supposed to happen. Right. And Arkansas State is, well, they're Arkansas State. And, you know, in football, it's, you know, there's, at that time, I mean, you you don't know what you're going to get. I guess I might look at the roster and figure out a few things, but I don't. He's sitting there saying that he's going to struggle, and I'm like, "You got the same team you played with your whole life, and you're putting me out on, on you know, Revis Island over here to pick out a new team." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, I got to practice with five teams if I'm going to do this. What the hell, man?" Right. Well, just a reminder before you go, make sure you have hopped on Twitter and you followed the podcast page yes, do at that. High on the Hogs. Uh, give us a follow and uh, be ready for this uh, this tournament that's coming. Uh, we are the nine seat going against uh, in this, the bracketeers. We're gonna knock tournament. out that eight from Blame Your Brother. And if we, I'm telling you, I'm if, going to Nashville. If we, yeah, if we lose, we're gonna knock out the brothers. If it, okay, instead of quitting. If we lose we're to guys to talking about Britney Spears, we're gonna have to have an "Oops, I Did It Again" podcast. This, yeah, this will never be this will never be a sports podcast again for one week. For one week, we'll be "Oops, I Did It Again." Yes, we will play all Britney Spears. No, we won't. I'm just I can't. Do it. new videos. I can't are, do it. Have you seen some of the stuff oh. that showed? Here's your other rabbit hole. Oh boy. Have you seen some of the videos of her dancing that have been posted by Barstool or yes. Dave Portnoy? Yeah, she's losing it, dude. I don't. I, I can help her get it back. Yeah, uh, she's losing her. Damn as long mind. as she fixes her eye makeup, I mean, I'm pretty sure she's still loaded. So, I mean, <laughs> she's loaded on something. I'll fetter line the hell out of that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it's Ooh, good with me. Man. I don't care. So yeah, just uh, make sure you like the High on the Hogs podcast <laughs> Twitter page. Federline. Um, once again, thanks to Lens Marketing and Design for making this podcast possible this week. And don't forget, in that tournament as well is also Jackson and at JC Hoops podcast. Don't kick his ass. So too. he's on the other side of the bracket, so we we'll could match up in the championship, the baby. That's what I'm talking about. So, uh, but yeah, two natural state sports uh, entries for this for this uh, this this tournament. So I'm really looking forward to that. And um, some changes coming, of course, to some of our lineups. But make sure that Friday night, 7:30, the OG show NSS live, a uh, little little live virtual football going on before we get into hopefully football season. Although Real football. Brandon Marcello kind of brought my hopes down a little bit for a full season. Might have to take a trip to Northwest Arkansas and have a conversation with that man. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, hey, <laughs> you need to get some <laughs> this, upbeat, son. This ain't working. We need we need Art Briles level excitement. Yes. So exactly. All right. Well, another one in the books. Hopefully, we didn't go too terribly long with our random ramblings. I don't think we did. We're you know, like that about normal. I think like that one. Review. If we did, if we're going to argue, we need to put on a mask. Yeah, so, yes. Uh, like that one review that said we're childish. I mean, I'll get over it. Who we said we're childish? It was one of the reviews on Apple. Yeah. Speaking of, please go in. Give us that five-star review and, and write a little something in there. I think we've got like 20 reviews or so now. I'd like to see that pump up to like 100, 150 reviews and help Karen. us out. So give us some good stuff there. Until next week. Woo pig. Woo pig. Woo pig. Hi on the hog.